0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 767 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host. Brad Rowland coming to you live on a Sunday evening into Monday morning. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting bar in the business. And remember to always use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off on your first box of Built Bars. Today's podcast is just me, bouncing around a little bit uh just the updates of what's been happening the last few days in Hawksland, um and uh, i do have plans later in the week for some guests at least one i have scheduled that i never want to give away until it actually happens but there you go on that that's the plan and uh, just some news kind of stuff to touch on both from the or- an organizational standpoint and then from the uh, full league standpoint as well um first and the most important stuff of the podcast um, is not basketball related and that's the uh the hawks released a couple of statements on friday that i wanted to make sure that i passed along and touched on at the top of the show uh, the first one from Tony Ressler, the Hawks' majority owner and the controlling owner, the guy who represents the Hawks on the board of governors. Um, I'm going to read the whole statement to you because this is—he's uh, basically, you know, he's obviously the face of the organization, the most prominent person in the organization. And I want to read the entire statement to you. But that he, that he said, apologies if you already saw this, but I feel like it was necessary to pass it along. So I'm going to quote from him now. This is a time when all of us need to focus on these critical and all too pervasive human issue systematic racism to be as blunt as possible on this topic of dignity decency and progress i emphatically believe that you are either part of the solution or you are part of the problem black lives matter there is no in between we as an we as an organization and part of the atlantic community are determined to be part of the solution Jamie and I believe that as the owners of of a professional sports franchise in the great city of Atlanta, we have a responsibility to take a stand and devote our resources to supporting programming and causes that bring about the most impactful changes possible. The continuing effects of centuries of racism and prejudice are massive. The iniquities are plain to see, and how certain communities are unjustly policed, the staggering incarceration rate, and the financial disparities among different races. We are keenly aware that these are long standing complex issues and have no instant cures. I, however, I am proud of the step that our organization took today, as in Friday, and, and can promise that our franchise will continue taking the steps and supporting the causes that lead to a more tolerant, anti racist society. End quote. Um, I thought it was great from Wrestler. I'm really, I think people uh, in Atlanta should be really happy with uh, that statement and really the uh, the entire work of the Hawks organization in the last several days here. I'll go on just, uh, the the second part of the statement was actually the the organization, uh, why it was not attributed to any one single person. I'll touch on it a little bit here. Um, The statement touched... On the fact that uh, they had the organizational meeting on friday they had been uh, talking about before and uh in that in that organizational sort of all hands virtual meeting there was a discussion of quote the recent recurring examples of weaponized racism police brutality and race-based preferential treatment affecting people of color especially the black community across the nation End quote the, the conversation is, um, that, that they had on that on um, that all-hands meeting was described as being filled with anger, tears, disgust, fear, and sadness before helping us transition to a place of hope and solutions, a place to begin to, quote, plot, plan, strategize, and mobilize, end quote. Um, beyond that, um, the first conversation is what they were talking about. This is not the last conversation that the Hawks are going to have on this topic and and, uh, and related topics, which, which I find encouraging. And uh, I particularly like this one <laughs> quote in that statement. And I'm going to quote it now, in a world full of corporate statements and 280 character declarations, we know the greatest statement that we can make is by taking action, end quote. That was impressive to me because that's that's definitely how it feels in some respects and i'm not pointing anybody out on this but it's just one of those things where if everybody weighs in um some of them sort of can't statements i I totally get that um i was pretty moved by the fact that they were able and and sort of willing to talk about that as candidly as they were also every member of the organization is what was referenced in sort of committing to use their voice to stand against racism and injustice of of any kinds here and the Hawks also committed to influence voter registration, denouncing the broken system that led to the tragic deaths of uh, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and and countless others. So Again, I thought the uh, Hawks handled this extremely well organizationally. I, uh, of course, fully support them. And I think the folks, again, from Atlanta and the fans of the organization, honestly, um, both you know people that live here that don't love the Hawks or anything like that, I think the people should be proud about the way they handled things. And, um, you know, basically the entire organization top down from people like Wrestler to Steve Coonan to Lloyd Pierce to Trey Young and even people that um, were not, that you, that you don't know their names, I think i have handled this very well. So there you go on that. From there, I am going to talk about some basketball stuff on this podcast, including a joint statement that was made by Travis Schlenk and Lloyd Pierce. Before we get to all of that, though, I want to talk about our sponsors for today's program. The first one is Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and there are almost endless reasons to love Built Bar. In addition to its incredible taste, Built Bar is perfect for anyone that's trying to be health conscious with the ability to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in something that tastes absolutely delicious. Each bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and to make things even better, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and unlike some of its competitors... Bilt Bars are soft and easy to chew. My personal favorite is still the banana nut lid fla- flavor, but there's plenty of other ones that are really, really tasty. And in fact, there are 16 amazing flavors to choose from, and they all present their own appeal that everyone can fall in love with with just one bite. I would recommend Bilt Bar, and in order to check it out for yourself, go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off on your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BiltBar.com. It's a perfect day to try Bilt Bar. Today's show is also sponsored by the good folks at Blinkist. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more when you don't have the free time. You can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app, though, that solves this problem. It's one of the ultimate life hacks, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways from thousands of nonfiction books, condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. That is huge for busy people like you that just want to get the main points of a book in a hurry so they can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish any book during your commute, under lunch break, or even while you exercise, twelve million people are using Blinkist right now as a massive, growing library that features all kinds of varied offerings. In fact, Blinkist has the titles, um, the latest titles from bestsellers and classic nonfiction options that you always meant to read but you could never actually find the time to open. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to the entire library, all the books you want, and all for one low price right now for a limited time. Blinkist is a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA to try it free for seven days and t- save 25% off a new subscription. Go to Blinkist.com NBA to try it free for seven days. Yes, that's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA to start that seven-day free trial. From there, you'll save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. All right, we're back talking about some basketball stuff on the podcast. As I mentioned before, there was a joint statement released by Travis Schlenk, the president of basketball operations, as well as Lloyd Pierce, the head coach. And I'm not going to read the entire thing to you, but uh, it was basketball related. If you want to read the whole thing, it's at PeachterGroops.com. You can find it there. Um, First thing that I wanted to point out from the statement, though, is that um, Schlenk and Pierce said that it was fair to say that they are, quote, disappointed, end quote, that the team was not allowed to, quote, gain more valuable playing time. Um, together by being included in the restart of the season, end quote. They do, though, say later on that they, quote, understand and respect, end quote, the uh, factors that were sort of in the mix here. And uh, the money quote here is that, quote, we realize that there are are much more more important things taking place in our community right now that deserve our attention, end quote. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, They did thank the players, for their dedication, connectedness, and patience during this unprecedented time. And uh, there was a reference to, quote, promising growth, end quote, and the fact that the players have been diligent to uh, keep things professional and staying prepared to play, and they, they were actually called back to participate in the uh, bubble setting, even though they were not a- end up doing that. And uh, the, qu- the quote ended with the following. They said, quote, We remain engaged in finding ways for our team to compete and continue the important growth and development that was a core focus for our team this season. End quote. Now, that plays into the rest of the podcast because there was some reporting on the restart and then the fallout from the teams that are not going to be going to the restart, which is, of course, more important for the Hawks right now than anything uh, else that's going on inside the bubble. Um, there was a report from Sean Sarania that the NBPA, the Players Association, um, on a call earlier uh, earlier in the weekend said that the 2021 season starting on December 1st is unlikely. And that, and they plan to negotiate that um, that date, as you as you might remember from our last podcast um, with Ben Ladder, and even before that, I talked about some stuff on my own on that podcast. But uh, that was the one sort of real eyebrow raiser from the NBA announcement of the restart was that De- December first was much earlier than people thought that was going to happen, and uh, kind of predictably, I would say, the Players Association did not love that. I don't think. So I think the, the compromise. We'll probably be a little bit later in December. We'll see how that goes. But that actually, of course, impacts the Hawks because the next time they play a game that actually counts for something will be then. So you want to keep an eye on that date, obviously. Um, from there, a lot of the stuff I'm going to reference the rest of the podcast came from a uh, an Adrian Wojnarowski report on Friday night uh, over at ESPN. Um, the first sort of broad thing here is that he reported that most of the teams that are out of the bubble, and those are eight teams by the way, are quote pushing to engage in joint practices as ramp-ups for regional summer leagues in August, end quote. Um, one example that he gave in that reporting was the Pistons and the Cavs uh, talking reportedly about some joint practices along the way. This was not reported. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be stressful about this. This was not reported in that in that same report from ESPN. But uh, common sense wise for Atlanta. Charlotte and the Hornets would be the closest team geography-wise to Atlanta in the entire league, not just non-bubble, and they're not in the bubble either, so um, if you were trying to find a logical partner for the Hawks to partner up with, it would be the Hornets if you wanted to find one. I'm not sure if that matters, but it might matter down the line, so uh, keep an eye on that potentially. Um, Woj then outlined four different front office ideas that are already presented to the NBA in some form. Again, this is all hypothetical at this point in time for a reason we'll talk about later on in the podcast, but the four hypothetical scenarios for some offseason stuff are the following. The first one would be a combination of voluntary and mandatory workouts sometime in July. From there, you get the minicamp idea, which is what he describes as regional mini camps in August that would have the joint practices and approximately three televised games, which is interesting. Um, teams reportedly, according to that ESPN report, want that the sort of summer league style event televised, uh, in part for the money that would come from that, I'm sure, and then also for the engagement in their home markets, because that's one of the things that I've not talked about a ton, is that in addition to the money and not playing and all that stuff, um, the Hawks you know, well they're going to do some great community things. I'm sure they already have been. Um, it's different to not be able to touch your fan base with actual basketball related stuff. Um, so that's something that's that's something that they, they want to be um, engaged with their home market from a basketball perspective, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well. Um, scenario number three as outlined by Wojnarowski was sort of an OTA style, um, basically off-season training activities. Uh, the NFL does this. Um, they're basically practices, but they actually get real attention from this because the NFL is a sort of a year-round entity in American sports. And if that happened in September, as it is lined up here, it would be practice. It wouldn't be, I don't think, anything beyond that, but it would still be an opportunity to have some sanctioned work in the way that the NBA does not normally have in their offseason season and then finally, the fourth thing that would potentially uh, sort of throw a bone to these to the eight teams that are not in the bubble would be the potential for early training camp arrival for next season. Um, in this report, it was talked about seven to 10 days. That may not seem like a lot, but it would be uh, pretty helpful, I think, especially for the teams trying to knock off all kinds of rust, like the Hawks, like the Hornets, like the Warriors, the Knicks, all those teams. Um, to have that extra 10 days or so would be pretty important, especially early in the year. If you want to try to find an advantage in the schedule, there's going to be some rust early on, some ugly basketball imagine, and we'll see how that goes in the early going, but that is something to keep an eye on as well. The big thing that I wanted to point out here, though, is that, and this was in that report as well, just common sense stuff, but people don't always think about this. I've seen a lot of responses to this hypothetical from Hawks fans and other fans that just don't seem to understand all the dynamics in play here. Um, this is the biggest one, though, for me, is that anything that happens here has to be negotiated with the Players Association because it would not be activity that is covered in the CBA normally. Now, that kind of goes for a lot of what's happening now with with the bubble. And uh, according to all the reporting here, the bubble is the priority at the moment between the two sides, because there's still a lot of negotiation that ha- has to happen between the league and the players on bubble related items. Um, and, you know, the league has told teams, the eight teams that are not in the bubble reportedly, that they're going to work on this stuff. But, you know, it can't be the priority at the moment. And I, I sort of understand that. I know Hawks fans are more concerned about the Hawks as they should be, and I think the Hawks will be pushing for themselves as they should be, but broader from the league perspective, I mean, I can't imagine that the first priority right now is is the non-bubble team, so we'll come back to that if we need to, Um, but one of the examples in the voluntary mandatory workouts as early as July is kind of urgent in that it's only four or five weeks away. Now, it's obviously easier to put that together because you're not talking about games, you're talking about practices. But there are, you know, Hawks players all over the, all over the country right now. Um, Trey Young is in Norman, for instance. They're, they're, obviously, Capella is still gone, I believe. There, I mean, there are guys that have come to Atlanta um, that were in the facility. But obviously, with Trey being in the news quite a bit, he's in Oklahoma, and you have to have some sort of process to make guys come back if they're mandatory workouts. If they're voluntary, that's different. But if they're trying to have mandatory workouts you have to have quarantine periods and the rules have to be established on what the league is going to allow teams to do because right now even even with facilities open it's not you're not allowed to practice it's just individual workouts with with strict guidelines etc if you wanted to have a real mandatory style workout camp kind of thing there's got to be some rules for that or with some uh, some policies in place, and that's something that has to be negotiated between the two sides, especially for an off-season program because, as I said before, the NBA does not really have a fully sanctioned off-season program like the NFL. There are not OTAs. There are not that kind of stuff for the NBA. Guys are in the facility all the time, but with the uh, the timeline, there really is no formal team basketball on-court activity from the end of the season until training camp um, in the NBA. So just keep that in mind throughout this whole process. and All of it has to be negotiated. One of the more popular ones that I've seen, and I think I've even referenced it on this podcast before, that, that fans seem to love, when I wrote about this, uh, ESPN, uh, when I wrote about the ESPN report, uh, I would say most of the responses that we got on Twitter, uh, maybe a couple in the comments, uh, um were about this idea that maybe they could have a tournament for lottery seating, uh, for, sorry, for draft purposes, or draft pick, like the winner gets the number one pick. I totally get why that's like a natural response, because it would be awesome from a viewer slash fan perspective and if you're a Hawks fan the Hawks are really I would say if not the most obviously the Warriors probably the most talented at full strength but the Hawks are among the more talented teams in the in this eight sum so if you were to assume that all teams are playing hard it would benefit the Hawks most likely to get in that, in that in that kind of scenario with that said it always has to be pointed out here one of the reasons and there are more than one reason one of the reasons why that would probably not happen is that players don't Care about the number one pick in the draft. I say that probably too simply, but overall, if you think about it for a second, players don't really have any reason to play as hard as they can to get the number one pick that could potentially replace them in rotation or take a, take away shots from them. Obviously, organizationally, they you know everybody would love to have the number one pick. And if you're signed long term, if you're Trey Young, you probably do want the number one pick because. It's not going to affect you. It's if anything's going to help you. Um, but if you're a if you're a guy who's a more supporting piece, you don't really have that same drive individually to play as hard as you can necessarily to win the number one pick because that's not that, that may not help you ultimately. Um, but that's something that's been talked about a lot and I get why that's, that's the carrot out there, but with all the lottery stuff that's already been discussed, it's just not going to happen. And I, I don't, I don't love doing stuff that's just hypothetical because it's just not going to change. I get why that's a, uh, a thing, but I want to at least throw that out there as a reminder that like, you know, while you as a fan or while the team like Travis, like would love to have the number one pick, I'm sure, um, players don't have that incentive quite as strongly. Um, I know Tower Jones has said this and I referenced it before in a podcast, but, um, the way they do a tournament would be to have money involved. Um, to have actually your best players play, you need a lot of money. Because honestly, coming down to the fact that the summer league style, you know, off season summer league, you know, gathering that requires televised games would be cool. But if you follow the summer league model, that's not going to include guys like Troy Young and John Collins. Uh, maybe it would this time around. I'm not. Sure. This is also this is also different territory that I'm not going to tell you anything for sure. But if you were to follow that summer league model, you wouldn't have your best players. The Hawks have a young, the Hawks have a lot of young guys, so they could probably get a little bit more out of this. They might um, have reason to try to play Kevin Herter or Kev, or Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter or Bruno Fernando. Those guys, you know, the Hawks would be more interesting than a lot of teams in that summer league style setting. But normally, the most prominent players are either rookies coming in, or you get an occasional like first round re- returning sophomore um in summer league now again it could change but unless you're really really excited and it would obviously i'd love it i would love to cover even if it was just bruno fernando and a bunch of non-roster guys i would cover it and we would talk about it because you know bruno is a relevant player but it's not the same as having full squad stuff with trey and with john collins and clint capella etc so that's something that has to get ironed out as well and we'll talk about that more in the future but you know a lot of uncertainty at least there was some reporting on this i'm waiting for more information on this as we get going here and a couple of those like lists list style things came out this week about the most interesting teams that are not going to the bubble and most of the answers i know that on this espn five on five one that was a question and i think four or five of the people picked the warriors for obvious reasons you know they've uh, got titles they've got steph they got clay come back from injury all that all that said i know uh, tim bontemps picked the hawks and i think if you look at the bubble the Hawks are probably the most interesting team outside of maybe the Warriors in the bubble um, because of all the young talent they have, they have. They have an established, you know, star level player now in Trey Young. There's a lot of people, even, you know, just follow the whole league as, as a whole. They're looking at to see what the Hawks are going to do this summer. It's a big summer for the Hawks. I've said that a lot, but it's worth saying I'll say it probably another 10 times. But it's a huge summer for the Hawks for where they are. And if they wanted to, or if they choose to go th- down this path, this might be the last time they ever had cap space. I'm not going to tell you that's definitely going to happen, because if it was me, I would probably try to not do that. But if they wanted to kind of push their ships in the middle right now, um, this is maybe the time to do it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But the, between the high draft pick and all the cap space, there are a lot of eyes, I think, nationwide on the Hawks. And that's going to not necessarily heat up a whole lot until the lottery. But even then... You know they're gonna get more attention, I think, than most of these non-bubble teams, and that's uh, that's fun for me, especially. But we'll talk about this as we get going. Okay, I'm done rambling on today's podcast. Not a whole lot of breaking news, but I wanted to definitely make sure I touched on the organizational response because I think again, this is the, that's the most important thing right now is the way that the Hawks are handling everything. Um And just I think they've really been leading on the uh, on the front of how it, how a sports organization should be handling this time. And uh, you know, voices like Wrestler and Coonan and Pierce and and Trey and and all, everybody's doing a great job. So. Shots to them on that we'll talk more about this in the future but obviously you know basketball still still, still feels like it's not important at the moment as things you know for obvious reasons because it's just not but there you go Hope you guys enjoyed the basketball discussion on the podcast as i said before we have at least one guest i've hoping, hoping for maybe two this week on the pod i'm trying to give you guys three shows a week even in this downtime that's uh, i would say that's a big ask um and, and a big goal for me because um you know that's a lot of shows for nothing going on for a while but alas we do have some stuff to talk about in the draft and et cetera. Et cetera. so Stay tuned. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend or two or three about the show. Check out our sponsors today, Built Bar and Blinkist, and we'll see everybody later on in the week.